Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with both God and man. And this is the very word of our God as it is found for us in Luke chapter 2. You may be seated. Well, obviously today we celebrate the Reformation of the church. Not only do we celebrate the Reformation, but we are privileged also to celebrate confirmation today, as 15 young people from our congregation will be confirmed in the late service. It's been my privilege the last two and a half years to be their teacher, to teach them the Word of God. And frankly, uh, I look forward to getting together with them every week, and I'm going to miss that. But you know, we also have the wonderful opportunity to partner together. Confirmation is not the end. We get to continue to grow together. And also, we have the opportunity and the privilege to grow God's kingdom together. Doing together what none of us could ever think about doing by ourselves. Last Sunday, we had our confirmation questioning. Uh, we did it in the Family Life Center. How many people here this morning have ever gone through a public questioning? Raise your hand. Yeah, quite a few of you. You like to remember that in the past, right? Uh, I asked the uh, students if there was any one of them, and when I finished the questioning, if they wanted to put me on the spot and ask me any question. And uh, one student raised his hand. I got kind of nervous. Lucas Hill, he wanted to know what year I was confirmed. Well, that's a pretty easy question. It's 1964. So I dug out my confirmation picture uh, after he said that. And um, <clears throat> let's see, I think the next one up there, if you uh, run it up there, Bryce, yeah, I, you can't see it very well. That's on purpose. Uh, but <laughs> I'm in the uh, back row someplace. But after confirmation this morning, after the service, uh, you, you know, the confirmation students will stand here in front of the church like I did in Emmanuel Britton. And uh, parents and grandparents and sponsors are going to take their picture uh, to remember this day. Now, I know that uh, your confirmation picture, think about this. Who would want to be stuck in the 8th uh, or the ninth grade the rest of your life? You know, not that there's anything wrong with a 13 or 14 or 15 year old. But I can't imagine being stuck at that age the rest of my life. I mean, one sense it would be good, I suppose, because I wouldn't have to worry about paying bills or taxes. But the thought of never having a driver's license or not being able to do all the other things in life would not be all that pleasant. But again, being stuck at 13 or 14 the rest of our life, I don't think is a good idea. Confirmation is a reminder to us that each and every one of us, every day, face a fork in the road. You know, literally you can choose a life of growth, or you can choose a life of stagnation, of literally unrealized potential. And I would think every one of us wants to grow. I mean, who doesn't want to grow? We want to take a path that leads to growth. In fact, God encourages us throughout His Word to grow in a greater understanding of who He is and what He's done for us. 
and what He calls us to do as His people. Remember Paul speaking said, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into what? Christ who is our head. And even the text that I've selected for today, even Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with both God and man. So here's an obvious question. If growth is such a wonderful thing, and if stagnation is a destructive thing, then how come the world isn't filled with people who are growing? How come our minds are not becoming keener and more immersed in the Word of God? Well, I think I know the answer to that question. It's because growth in any area of life, but especially spiritual growth, growth is hard work. It's not convenient. It's not easy. Growth requires intentionality. It requires commitment and persistence. Whether it's doing your homework or doing your taxes or going to work, uh, sometimes it would be a lot easier to do other things in life. So to grow is always, always a matter of choice. And the fork in the road leads us to a choice between growth and comfort. Isn't it true that we live in a world today that is devoted to the God of comfort? I mean, who of us in our right mind would go out and buy a television set today that doesn't have a remote control? I mean, can you imagine getting up and changing the channel like we used to? Who in their right mind would buy a car without power windows? In fact, you know, one of the kids in confirmation class last year asked me, what does it mean when you say roll up the windows? I don't understand that. Uh, you know, again, nothing wrong with comfort, but there is more to life than the pursuit of comfort. Again, so let me ask you this question. Where is God specifically calling you to grow today. Where is God calling us to grow? I know God is calling me to grow in any number of areas. In fact, here's one of them. First area I believe that God is calling all of us to grow in is in openness to the truth. First of all, the truth about ourselves. The truth is that we are sinners. And we can't save ourselves. It's the message of the Reformation. There are a lot of people in our world today, though, who don't want to literally admit the truth about themselves. How many people I run into today tell me I've never done anything wrong in my life? How many people continue to redefine what sin is? Our Christian faith in the message of the Reformation is all about the truth. The truth in spiritual matters. Every single human being needs the truth to be set free. We need to know the truth about ourselves, the truth about our sin. We need to know the truth about what God has done for us. We need to know the truth about forgiveness and eternal life. We need to know the truth that in our sin, we are spiritually lost and we need a Savior. You know, today in our country, we run into all kinds of different 
religious and philosophical systems. We are told all the time as Christians that we are the ones that need to be broad-minded. We should be good sports. And we should, in reality, agree that all roads lead to the same place. We are told that it really doesn't make any difference what you believe in as long as you worship the God of sincerity. Again, all the time, every day of our life, we are taught that we should accept what is untrue. Martin Luther, in the early part of his life, lived under a false concept. He lived under the thought that he could somehow save himself if he was only good enough. Or if he had done enough good things to balance out the bad things that he had done. Or that he could somehow be saved if he purchased enough indulgences, pieces of paper. Now think about that. If that's true, which it's not, then why did Jesus come into this world, suffer and die on a cross, if we could somehow, some little way, save ourselves? Again, Luther was tormented by the realization that he couldn't be good enough. He could not earn God's favor. And I've probably told you this before, but as a kid growing up, confirmation age, I was convinced many, many days that if I died tonight, I'd go to hell. Because I knew the law very, very well. I knew that I was a sinner. But I'd have bad thoughts about my brother or other things. I was convinced, I wasn't sure that if I died, I'd end up in hell. Thank goodness I didn't stop growing in my faith when confirmation was over with. I continued to go to church. I continued to study the Word of God. God even led me to go to a place called Concordia. University over in Ann Arbor. You know, you would think that everyone who goes to Concordia to study to be a pastor or a teacher or a church worker would know the way of salvation and be certain of their faith. But I wasn't. To this day, I am thankful to God for one of my professors, Eric Keel, who said this to me in his class. Very first class I there, he said, if you don't remember anything in my class, remember the definition of God's grace. Again, that Jesus lived a perfect life for you. That He took your sins to the cross. That He suffered the wrath of God in your place. And to prove that He has paid the price for your sins, He rose again from the dead. Today on Confirmation Sunday, on Reformation Sunday, we rejoice that Martin Luther uncovered the truth of God's Word. So knowing that, it's high time for us to be truth-tellers. To be truth-tellers, to tell the truth about what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. The second area that I believe that God is calling us to grow in these days has to do with taking responsibility. Now, it's no a joke that we live in a world today that evades responsibility. People are geniuses at avoiding responsibility. 
teaching school for 10 years taught me that. Kid gets in trouble for talking. Of course, it's not his fault. It's the guy next to him. It's what we used teachers used to call the circle game. You try to push the blame as far away from yourself as you possibly can. But if you keep pushing it away, ultimately ends up coming back to you anyway. Again, evading responsibility. You know, all you have to do is watch any political ad on television today. You know, not taking responsibility for anything. Again, Adam and Eve didn't want to take responsibility for their sin. God came looking for them. That's a good thing. God came looking for them. God came looking for them. God asked Adam, did you eat from the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden? I know you did. And what did Adam say? Not my fault. It's that woman you gave me, God. It's her fault. You know, a few years ago, I was subpoenaed to appear in court in Monroe because I was involved in a traffic accident. I hit a lady down at Cabela's who had run a stop sign. There were all kinds of eyewitnesses, including a Monroe County sheriff, who witnessed that she was the one who was at fault. But at about 11.30 at night, the week following, the police show up at my door. And I'm subpoenaed to appear in court. And so I get to court. I'm so disgusted that I have to do this that I decided to wear my clerical collar. <laughs> now, we get there, and I tell my story, but the woman is convinced that it's my fault. Because she said, after you hit me, you came running up to my car. And you said, I'm sorry. I said, yeah, I said, I'm sorry because I tried to avoid you and I was worried about your well-being. She took that as an admission of guilt on my part. The judge says, what are we doing here? Why are we wasting our time? Our sinful nature is hard for us to admit our sin. But we will never grow until we acknowledge our sins. We can choose to close our eyes to our sin, or we can fall on our knees before God and say, God, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. God, I need your forgiveness. I absolutely need it. You see, it is through faith in Christ that we are free. It's the message of the Reformation that Tom read in the lesson for today where Paul writes, we have been justified, we have been saved by the blood of Christ. Paul said, we hold that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. So finally here we're at the last fork in the road. The last fork in the road I think has to do with Christian growth as it applies to servanthood. And this is really important. Because servanthood, growth in servanthood in your faith is not just about you or me. You know, a lot of that is written today about servanthood makes it sound like servanthood is just for me. It's just for my benefit. That if I give this or if I serve here, then I can feel good about myself. Then I can be successful in the world's eyes. But for a Christian, biblical servanthood, biblical growth is in Christ. It's all about serving beyond myself. It's all about serving God 
and serving others. Our confirmation students this morning will become literally, uh, officially, not that they haven't already been, but they are servants together with us. And one of the things that I encourage them to pray about is how will God use you in the future to make a difference? Means that you're open to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Something that we always ought to be open to. When you're open to the Holy Spirit's prompting, know this. You are not in control. You know, how you will serve, where you will serve, when you will serve, it's God the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. And sometimes that may be inconvenient. Uh, One of the most dangerous prayers that I've ever prayed in my life is this. God, use me. And I can guarantee that God will answer that prayer. And be prepared to hang on to your seat because who knows what God has in store for you. Who knows how God will use you. Servanthood, ministry is never easy. It's never convenient. Now I know that some of the confirmation students uh, have struggled with having confirmation on reformation. And some of you have asked me, why do we have confirmation on reformation? That's a whole other topic I'll explain some other time but I appreciate your questions. But some of them have struggled. And some of them have got irritated with me. Because don't you know that we're in the ninth grade now? Don't you know that our schedules are busy? And they struggled with all the requirements these last few months. But you know what? As I thought about this and prayed about this, I think the struggle is a good thing. Because it has everything. It's a good and a valuable lesson about living your faith. You know, it'd be real easy to say, you know, I'm too busy, and put my faith on the back burner. But that's what it's called when you talk about Christian living. It's a matter of priorities. Every moment of Jesus' life was an act of servanthood as He went to the cross on our behalf. Because of that, God has blessed us to be a blessing. We are saved by God's grace. I love Dawn's children's message because exactly where I'm going. We know we're saved by God's grace, but Lutherans leave out the last verse. We are His workmanship. And we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Our good works can't save us. But our good works are a response of thanks, a gratitude to God for all that He's done for us. So let me just end this day by saying this. If you don't remember anything that I've said today, remember the definition of God's grace. His undeserved, unconditional love for you. And remain steadfast in His Word. There is no substitute for being in the Word. And may God use you to continue to support the preaching and the teaching of God's Word to others. In His name we ask it. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank You again for our compliments. We pray for each and every one of them. I know that You have a plan and a purpose for their lives. I remember my grandmother praying for me at the time 
I didn't think much of it. But somehow, some way, that conversation that grandmother had with me a long time ago uh, comes to my mind daily. And I am thankful for those who care about me, who take my needs and my concerns before the very throne of God. I know that my brothers and sisters here today in this place have many things on their plate. And Lord, I pray that as they take their needs and their concerns before your throne, I know, Lord, that you love them, and I know that you hear them. I pray, Lord, that you would be their refuge and their strength, the very present help at all times in their life. Lord, we pray and we ask these things in your name. And all of God's people said, Amen. <laughs>